0: Welcome to Zichur D'Av, Siman, Abram Me'am, and today I'm Yuma, Daf Lamed. The third parak, Armalem el Mamuna. So the three topics we're going to focus on. Number one, the Mishan Daf Chav Ches Ahmedov stated the general rule. Kol Matumayim Tonkidosh Yedai Anyone who urinates requires sanctification of his hands and feet, referring to washing with the cure. The gemara at the bottom of Chav Ches Amad asks that while it's understandable that the feet must be washed, Misham Nitzotzos, because droplets of urine fell on them, what's the reason one needs to wash his hands? Rabbi Abba said this ruling indicates mitzvah l'shap that there is a deruban mitzvah to rub off any droplets of urine with one's hand. Since the hands become unclean through this, they too must be washed. Rabbi Abba's explanation support Rabbi Ami's statement, that that it's forbidden for a person to go out in public with droplets of urine on his feet because he'll appear like a person with a cut member and will cast aspersions on his children that they're mamzerim. Pointing to the next Mishnah, states: nikhnas tar No person may enter the azor to do the avoda, even if he's taur, until he immerses himself in a mikveh." Ben Zoma was asked why Kohn needs to do this tefillah even if he's tower, and he answered that regarding the Kohn Gadol on Yom Kippur, Ma if the one who switches from one holy place on Yom Kippur to another holy place, Anush Chorus, Anush Chorus, and from a place of Chorus punishment to another place of Chorus punishment, Toned he requires immersion. And then is it not a Kalva that one who switches on any day, Mokola kodesh, from a non sacred place, like his home to a sacred place, the base of Migdash, and from a place where there's no car's punishment to a place where there is a car's punishment, shouldn't he require Tvila? So Yudok disagreed and said, Srachtvilhizo, this is only a reminder immersion. Kadeshi Yashana should be so that one will recall any old tumah that's upon himself and stop from entering the temple. The Gemara clarifies that they disagree over whether one who did not immerse in the morning has violated a mitzvah's ase. Ben Zoma holds he has, and Rebudo holds that he has not. And point number three, the Gemara seeks to reconcile conflicting brises. In the first brise, of holds that a mitzvah does not need to do a tefillah on the day of its purification, shikvar tavo of because he had already immersed the previous evening. The second bride asks what the purpose was for the Lushkas of Mitzrayim. And answers answer is, Shasham Mitzrayim because there the Mitzrayim would immerse themselves before inserting their thumbs and toes into the Azorah. And Revitah says, not only would Mitzrayim immerse there, El Kodam, rather all people immerse themselves there before entering the Azorah. So this contradicts the first bride, so where Revitah states that a Mitzrayim is not required to immerse himself on the eighth day. So the Gemara answers that the first bride refers to where he immersed the previous day, al Das as Migdash, for the intended purpose of entering the base of Migdash. The second brisa is where he didn't, and the tevilah only purified him from the tumah of Tsaras. Two more answers are given. So once again, the three topics are number one. The Mishnah on Davchav Ches Amadal stated the general rule, anyone who urinates requires sanctification of his hands and feet, referring to washing them from the cure. The Gemara at the bottom of Davchav Ches Base has, that while it's understandable that the feet must be washed, because drops of urine fell on them, what's the reason one needs to wash his hands? Rabbi Abba said this really indicates mitzvah that there's a derubant mitzvah to rub off any droplets of urine with one's hand. Since the hands become unclean through this, they too must be washed. Rabbi Abba's explanation supports a statement that that it's forbidden for a person to go out in public with droplets of urine on his feet because he'll appear like a person with a cut member and will cast aspersions on his children that they are mamzerim. Pointing me to the next Mishnah states, No person may enter the Azorah to do the Avodah even if he is Tahor until he immerses himself in a Mikvah. Ben Zoma was asked, Why Kon needs to do this Tavila even if he's Tahor? And he answered that regarding the Kongado Gadol in Yom Kippur, Ma Mishanam and Kodesh if the one who switches from one holy place on Yom Kippur to another holy place, and from a place of chorus punishment, to another place of car's punishment, Ton tevila requires immersion, and then is it not a Kavakomer that one who switches on any day, a kodesh, from a non sacred place, meaning his home, to a sacred place, the base of Migdish, and from a place where there's no car's punishment to a place where there is a car's punishment, should require Tvila? Review to disagree and said this is only a reminder immersion Kadeshi yiskor Yishan so that he'll recall any old tuma that's upon himself and stop from entering the temple. The Gemara clarifies that they disagree over whether one who did not immerse in the morning has violated a mitzvah so I say, Ben Benzoma holds he has, and holds he has not. In point number three, the Gemara seeks to reconcile conflicting prices. In the first price, Reuven holds that a mitzvah does not need to do a tbiwa on the day of his purification, because he had already immersed the previous evening. The second b'risa asks what the purpose was for the lishkas of Mitzurayim, and answers, because there the Mitzurahim would immerse themselves before inserting their thumbs and toes into the Azor. Rebuda says that not only would Mitzurahim immerse there, rather all people immerse themselves there before entering the Azor. So this contradicts the first b'risa, where Rebuda states that the Mitzurah is not required to immerse himself on the eighth day. The answer answers that the first b'race refers to where he immersed the previous day, al das as mikdash for the intended purpose of entering the base of Mikdash. The second b'race is where he did not, and the tefill only purified him from the Tumah of Tsaras. Two more answers are given. All right, so now we go to a simon for Del and our standard simon is Malamid, a Rebbe. So here goes. The very holy Rebbe installed the 12th spout washing station outside the bathroom for his Talbim to wash their hands, and insisted they bring signed notes they went to the mikveh before entering class each day, even if one was a matzora, once again, in slow motion, the very holy Rebbe, holy Rebbe, that must mean Randafta Malamet, The very holy Rebbe installed a 12 spell washing station outside the bathroom for his tall meeting to wash their hands, which reminds us of the Mishnah state of the general rule called Matum Tom Kidushit Anbrglim. Anyone in urinates requires sanctification of his hands. And feet referring to washing from the cure. The were asked, while it's understandable that the feet must be washed, because droplets of urine fall on them, what's the reason one needs to wash his hands? Rabbi Abba said this ruling indicates mitzvah shop that there's a durabund mitzvah to rub off any droplets of urine with one's hands. Since the hands become unclean through this, they too must be washed. Rabbi Abba's explanation supports Rabbi Abba's statement that it's forbidden for a person to go out in public with droplets of urine on his feet, because it'll appear like a person with a cup member, and I'll cast aspersions on his children that they're mamzeri. So the very holy Rebbe installed a 12th spout washing station outside the bathroom for his hall meeting to wash their hands, and insisted they bring signed notes that they went to the mikveh before entering class each day, which reminds us the next Mishnah states, no person may enter the Azorah to do the Avoda, even if he is Taur, until he immerses himself in a mikvah. Ben Zoma was asked why Khan needs to do the Tefillah even if he is tower and he answered that regarding the Khan Gadol Yom Kippur, if one who switches from one holy place in Yom Kippur to another holy place, and from a place of Kar's punishment to another place of Karish punishment, Tong Tefillah, requires Tviwa, then is it not a Kalva Khomeur that one who switches on any day, machwa kodishma, non-sacred place, Meaning, his home to a sacred place, the base of Mikdash, and from a place where there is no curse punishment to a place where there is a curse punishment should require tefillah. Rabbi disagreed and said, Srach tefillah This is only a reminder tefillah, so that one will recall any old tuma that's upon himself and stop from entering the temple. So the very holy rebbe installed a twelve-spout washing station outside the bathroom for his talmidim to wash their hands and insisted they bring signed notes that they went to the mikveh before entering class each day, even if one was a matzora, which reminds us. The Gemara sought to reconcile conflicting prices. In the first price, Revuda holds that a mitzvah does not need to do tovila on the day of his purification because he had already immersed the previous evening. The second price asks what the purpose was for the Lushkas of Mitzrayim. And it answers that there the Mitzrayim would immerse themselves before inserting their thumbs and toes into the Azor. And Revuda says that not only would Mitzrayim immerse there, Rather, all people immerse themselves before entering the Azores. This contradicts the first price where Revita states so that the Matar is not required to immerse himself on the eighth day. So the Gemara answers that the first price refers to where he immersed the previous day Al das be as Mikdash for the intended purpose of entering the base of Mikdash. The second price is where he did not, and the Tibio only purified him from the Tuma to Rus. And two more answers are given. So once again, the very holy Rebbe installed a 12-spout washing station outside the bathroom for his Talmudim to wash their hands, and insisted they bring signed notes that they went to the Mikvah before entering class each day, even if one was a mitzvah. Alright, now it's time for a 4 block Bat Chazar. Dav Chavav, so the Dav Chavav is a military coup. So here goes. The military coup, military coup, that must be more Dav Chavav. The monetary koot is still the wealth-producing incense altar, failed miserably. Which reminds us, the next mission states that before the third pious the following announcement is made: Chadashim katoris ba'vavafisu. Those who are new to the abode of offering the katoris come and cast chas. The more brings a bris that teaches that a person never repeated it, meaning that no one ever offered the katoris more than once. Viking said the reason is is because it brings prosperity to those who perform it, or she explains that because it made someone wealthy it didn't allow one to do it twice, even though the O is mentioned the same Pusik as the katoris, When the Pusik speaks of making someone wealthy, it's referring to an infrequent avoda, for otherwise Al-Kohanim would be rich. So the military coup to steal the wealth-producing incense altar failed miserably when they couldn't make it through the multitudes of Kohanim, bring the limbs up from the ramp to the Mizbeach, which reminds the Mishnah stated that the fourth price is for a new Kohanim together with the old ones and determines who brings the limbs up from the ramp to the Mizbeach. The notes that our Mishnah is not going with the opinion of Rebbe Yakov, Yaakov, who was taught in the Mishnah in Tamid, the Rebbelezer ben Yaakov says that the one who brings the lamps up onto the ramp is the one who brings them up onto the mizbeach. The Rambam explains that our maintains that it's preferable to have a larger number of Kohanim participating because it's stated by Rov Am Hadras Melech, "With the multitude of people is the glory of the king." Rebbelezer ben Yaakov holds that Kohanim who carry the lamps to the ramp should finish the job by taking them to the mizbech because, in the place of the Shechinah, it's not proper conduct to give the impression that a job is too troublesome to finish. So the military coup to steal the wealth-producing incense altar failed miserably when they couldn't make it through the multitudes of Kohanim, bring the limbs up from the ramp to the mizbeach, and the two Kohanim carrying the wood. Which reminds us, it was taught in a bris where Bishimbar Yachai says that from where do I know regarding the afternoon tummy that requires two blocks of wood carried by two Kohanim to the marachan on the mizbeach? The Torah states, archu eitzim and the sons of Aron shall place the fire on the Mizbech, and they shall arrange wood." On the fire. Since this phrase v'archu, has no application on the morning tummy, for it's already written there, then applied to the afternoon tummy. Since the pasik is written in plural v'archu, we derive that two Kohanim are required. chavzayin, so the simple Dav chavzayin is a kazoo, a kazoo, so here goes. The children who joyously boo their kazoos kazoos, that must mean we're on Dav chavzayin. The children who joyously blew their kazoos when they saw their non-kohen skin and dismember an offering, which reminds the G'more brings a price on the bottom of Chavva the teachers regarding a personal offering have shaked in Shavim Their skinning and dismemberment are equal in that they may be performed by a czar. Chizki brings initial sources of this ruling, but it's refuted, and after several attempts to identify the source, the Gmor concludes that it's from the following Pesach concerning the burning of the limbs of an ola. And the Kohen shall cause it all to go up in smoke. What does the superfluous mention? Of a kohen come to teach lamuti hebshivin to exclude flaying and dismemberment from the requirement to have a kohen perform it. So the children who joyously blew their kazoos when they saw their non-kohen tati skin and dismember an offering, rahashed by six kohanim carrying parts of the tamid, which reminds the Gemara expounds the following pussegur in the old offering: varchu bnei aron ha kohanim. They shall arrange the sons of Aaron, the Kohanim. They shall arrange implies two. The sons of Aaron implies two. Kohanim implies two. We learn from this that the sheep of the tummy requires six Kohanim to bring its parts to the ramp. Rebolezar was bothered by the following difficult. The above Pesach is discussing the old offering brought from cattle, which requires 24 Kohanim to carry their parts. Rebolezar then resolved the difficulty himself. That The Pesach concludes, On the wood, that's on the fire, that's on the Mizbeach. Since these words are superfluous, since the previous passage mentioned them as well, they must come to teach regarding a matter where they play a significant role. This must be a reference to the sheep of the Tamid, where she explains that even if the previous day's arrangement is still burning, a new arrangement must be made for the Tamid. So the children who joyously blew their kazoos when they saw their non-Kohantati skin and an offering were hushed by six Kohanim carrying parts of the Tamid, who heard them all night blowing when their father put wood on the maracha. Which reminds us, Rabbi Zera objected to a ruling said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan that Tsar shecider as a A non-kohen arranged the wood on the Maracha is chayev, referring to Misbadei Shemaim. Rabbi Zera said, avoda Do you ever find an avoda that's valid if it's performed at night and yet it's invalid if it's performed by a zar? Since the arrangement of the wood on the marache can be done at night it should not require a koan. The Gemara objects to Rabbi Zerah's assumption because of two reasons, and each one is refuted. The Gemara concedes that Rabbi Zerah's assumption stands and amends Rabbi Yochanan's statement to zar shesidah shnei gzirei eitzim chay. a non-koan who arranged the two blocks of wood on the maracha is chayev, referring to misbidei Shemaim, due to it being a daytime avoda. Dav chav ches, so the symbol of is a strong man, koach. So here goes. The strong man, strong man, that must be more Dav chav ches. The strong man who stood on the roof to see if dawn had arrived, which reminds us, the opening mission of the Third Paragraph states, Amrach Mamuna, the administrator, which Rashi defines as a Konkado, says to the assembled kohanim to go and see if the time of the shkita for the morning Tamin had arrived. If it had arrived, the observer would say, Barkai dawn. Masi ben Shmuel says, Hey, you're a The eastern sky has lit up. He would then be asked, Ajbe as far as Hebron, and he says, Yes, why was this necessary? Because one time the moon's light rose over the horizon close to morning, and they thought the east had lit up from the sun. And so they shektah the tamid behotzi'u of Asis Refa but then had to take it out to the place of burning. So the strong man who stood on the roof to see if dawn had arrived, saw an elder in Yeshiva tell his loyal servant, which reminds us said, a partial Yeshiva man. From the days of our forefathers, Yeshivas did not depart from them. He learns from the presence of the Zakanim of the elders in its and in the midbar that Yeshivas were present there. He continues that Avram avino you know, was an elder sitting in Yeshiva. As it says, Avram Babi Avram was a Zakein, well on in years. Psukim were also brought to prove that Yitzhak and Yaak were also elders who sat in Yeshivas, and Eliezer, the of Avram, was also a Zakein. As it's written, Avram said to a servant, the elder of his household, who controlled all that was his. Eliezer explained at the end of the pasuk, who controlled all that was his, to mean that Eliezer had dominion over the Torah of his master. He also interprets the words who domestic Eliezer to mean that Eliezer drew from the Torah of his master and gave it to others to drink. Rashi explains that the word domestic. Is an anachronym of the words Dola Umashka, he draws and gives a drink. So the strong man who stood on the roof to see if dawn had arrived, saw an Eldin Yeshiva tells his loyal servant to set up an air of which reminds us. Rav said, Kima Vramavina called to Kula, fulfilled the entire Torah as it says, because Avram obeyed my voice and observed my safeguards, my commandments, my statutes, my laws. Rava said, and some say it was Ravashi. Kima Avraham Avinu Aviel Eruv fulfilled even the Rabbanan Aviel Eruv Tavshilin as is written the Pasuk Torah Sai My Laws in the plural Achis Torah B'Gsav LaAchis Torah BalPeh which indicates both the written law and the oral law Daf Chavtes So the Simur Chavtes is a cot So here goes the prince is lying on the cot cot that must be one Daf Chavtes the prince is lying on the cot surrounded by meat roasting on broken pieces of cement. Which reminds us, Ravnak made several statements and included a sim for each one. Two of them were Yihuri Aver Avera, Recha bisra, Thoughts of sin are worse than sin, and the siman is the aroma of roasting meat. Rashi explains that the smell of roasting meat is very disturbing to someone who can't eat it. And the second statement was Migmar Batikata Tina Bartina. Relearning old forgotten materials harder than acquiring new knowledge. And the simon is cement made from old cement while she explains that it's hard to make cement by crumbling and reconstituting an old cement wall than by crumbling fresh dirt. So the princess lying on the cot surrounded by meat, roasting on broken pieces of cement, woke up in the morning. Which reminds the Ravasi said, Why is Esther compared... With the morning, Rashi brings Gomorrah McGill that Esther said the capital of Hamnatzeh. Oh, shachar when she reached the chamber of idols to speak to Sovko of Esther Nisim, to tell you that just as the morning is the end of the entire night, so to the redemption wrought by Esther is the end of all the miracles. When Gumor asks, Well, what about the miracle of Hanukkah that occurred after Purim? na Lichtov Kamrin. We meant to say that Purim's last miracle allowed to be recorded as part of Tanakh. So the princess lying on the cot surrounded by meat roasting on broken pieces of cement, woke up in the morning and saw the kamitsa she did at night being burned up as well. Which reminds the Mishnah taught that an animal offering that was shechted at night was invalid and required burning. The father of Rabbi Abin taught a b'raith that said, Also the malika of a bird or the kamitsa of a mincha that was performed at night must be burned. The G'more asks, while well, it's understandable that a bird ola that was nipped at night must be burned because it's already been nipped and therefore there's no way to reverse the process, why should the comets be burned? Let the cone return the flour to the pan containing the rest of the mincha and then take a new comments at daytime. Rabbi Alvin's father explained, A clishar consecrates an offering even not at its proper time. Therefore, once the comments was placed in the klishares, even at night, it can no longer be returned to the rest of the mincha. When this teaching is challenged based on the advice that teaches that anything offered by day is sanctified by day but not at night, the answer answers that the comments is not sanctified regarding being able to offer it, but it's saying enough to become invalid. The Gemara further clarifies that the ton of the Brahiso holds, Laila, A. Machuser's Mon, that the time frame of night doesn't render something premature, since the night begins the day in Jewish law, whereas Yoma, Machuser's Mon, the time frame of day does render something premature if it's to be done the following day. Alright, now it's time to conclude the pop quiz of 10 questions plus three bonus questions from previous Mesechdas. Number one. Which stuff do that six go on and bring the parts of the Tamid up to the ramp? That's on duff. Chavzain, good number two. Which stuff to learn that the fourth pice was to select Kohanim to bring the limbs from the ramp to the Mizbech, as the Tana holds. Barova Am Hadras Melch? that's on Daf. Chavav. good number three. Which stuff to learn that the Avos learned in yeshivas as well as Eliezer, Eved Avram, that's on Duff. Chavches, good number four. Which Dathurin Rav Yudah holds that a Mitzor who immersed the night before al-das b'as mikdash does not need to be told on the eighth day? That's on-dav. Lamed. Good number five. Which one that Esther is compared to the Shachar because just like the morning is the end of the night, she was so f'kohat That's on-dav. Good number six. Which that one that one urinates, it's a mitzvah the Rabban to rub off the droplets, which is the reason why the hands must be washed? That's on-dav. Lamed. Good. Number seven, which stuff do we learn that they would check to see if this month of Shechit had arrived because one time they confused the light with the light of the moon? That's on Duff. Good. Number eight, which stuff do we learn that Hepshet and nituch, skinning and dismemberment can be done by a czar? That's on Duff. Good. Number nine, which stuff do we learn that two Kohanim brought the Shnei eighteen Aitzim for the afternoon? Tommy, that's on Duff. Good. And number ten, which dafti of Marukos Ben Zemun or Yuda whether a tower immersing before entering the Azorah? Is it the Reisachiev or is just a Srach or a reminder Tefila? That's on daft. Lamed. Excellent. right, Now we go to the three bonus questions. Number one. Which dafti of is a woman who weave the parochas who receive their wages from the Shi'ari Wishka or from Bede That's on daft. Yudin Shkalim. Good. Number two. Which dafti of that eating three meals on Shabbos saves one from misfortune? That's on daft. Kefut Cheson Shabbos. Good. And number three, which stuff do you learn how one can see the bear Miriam? Miriam's well, that's on Duff. Laman well, Hayden Shabbos. Excellent. Right, that concludes the pop quiz. This is Rabbi Ram Golden Zichur. wishing you a great day and great learning.